welcome to the Rethinker Podcast. My name is David Litwin, and I am so glad you chose to join me today. Um, in these podcasts, we delve deeper into scriptures, biblical tenets, parables, and really extract broader understandings. Uh, we aren't content with the fact that just God said it, I believe it, and that settles it kind of approach. But we want to use every facet of wisdom and knowledge to really get to know the God we serve at a far deeper, and in many cases, an inherent level. This podcast is somewhat going to be a continuation of the last podcast, which was called Rethinking the Terminology of the Image of God, uh, an understanding that we are not only made in the image of the one that created us, but we also bear the likeness of that creator's enemy, which essentially boils down to the recognition that from a spiritual standpoint, the world is a global crime scene and we are all in the crosshairs, whether we choose to acknowledge it or even believe it. Now, how can I be so certain? After all, there is no true truth, as many would claim. So how can I validate these claims without forcing you back into Scripture that the world may or may not agree with or really even believe? It should be impossible, right? That would be correct, except that we have a couple of insights about our worldview that change everything and make our faith hyper-practical to our modern day and really the ultimately the historical world. The first is that the Bible claims that humanity's ultimate enemy exists outside of mankind. All of the religions claim an enemy that exists inside of mankind, whether that enemy is another portion of mankind, some missed attribute of humanity that we have yet to evolve out of, such as human ignorance or religious dogmatism to humanism, or a lack of enlightenment as we find in many of the Eastern religions. Based on the tenets of all other worldviews, there's really no ultimate plan and purpose to our world, nor can there be ultimate resistance. In other words, to all other worldviews, what happens in our world is merely happenstance. Let's say that one more time. In all other religious systems or and ideologies, what happens in the world is simply happenstance. It's tragic, confounding, and even caustic, but it's happenstance nonetheless. But we as believers, we have the answers, and it is found in a rather interesting and frightening verse. Ephesians 2.2 in which you used to live and followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit that is now at work in those who are disobedient. So we learn here that the enemy of mankind has the ability to whisper, if you will, thoughts and ideas in humanity without them most often being aware that it is occurring. So why is this important at a holistic cultural level? By claiming an enemy outside of mankind with the capacity to influence mankind, humanity was given the authority to question society's alarming statistics. You see, everything created by man from an idea to a philosophy or even a smartphone starts first in the mind. Invention begins with an idea before it is ever put to paper or offered to society. Therefore, if there exists an enemy capable of whispering into the mind of the human creator, as the Bible claims, then everything created can be studied to determine whether it has been designed in some big or small way for prosperity and flourishing, which is the desire of our creator, or for destruction, which is the intent of the creator's enemy. Not through how the human inventor wants us to use his or her invention, and not just through how his or her invention affects us morally or spiritually, but through its outcomes. Okay, so far this has all been esoteric, so below is a list of creations that are considered for both society's intended purpose and then its objected outcome. So the intended purpose of promiscuous sex is physical and psychological elation, but the objective outcome can be venereal disease, cervical cancer, AIDS, depression, and fertility. The intended purpose of alcohol is really having a good time and physiologic stimulation, but the objective outcome can include depression, addiction, internal organ damage, drunk driving, incarceration, and at worse, manslaughter. 
Crystal meth was created for the intended purpose of euphoria and escape, but its objective outcome includes birth defects, loss of brain chemicals, deterioration of the body, loss of sleep and food intake, not to mention near instantaneous biological addiction. The somewhat intended purpose of gambling is to have a good time and potentially win big, but the objective outcome can be bankruptcy, poverty, the loss of a job or family, depression, and anxiety. I could go on and on. The world is shocked and frustrated at these outcomes. It is kind of the brutal and dangerous part of pleasure. So culturally, we do our best to reduce the damage, but we celebrate the pleasure of the experience. Worse, we develop tools to alleviate the damage after the damage of pleasure has occurred. Pleasure is good. Consequence is bad. And to the secular mind, they aren't connected. How can they be? If there's no creator of humanity and ultimately no enemy of humanity, it's all a brutal coincidence, a brutal, damaging, life-destroying coincidence. Freedoms aren't free, but oh well, that's just kind of part of life. What a way to live as an individual. What a way to live as a society. Unfortunately, it is the way we live as an individual, and it is the way we live as a society. But the Christian believer, equipped with the ability to see these outcomes of these actions, not as coincidental consequences to humanity's favorite freedoms, but as their strategic intent. We can proclaim from the rooftops that the alarming statistics of disease, addiction, alcoholism, depression, and anxiety, STDs, all of these things are not just the unconnected result of certain actions. They are the intent of these actions. God desires prosperity for humanity, his greatest creation. And we know that his enemy seeks to destroy that creation, as we learned in the last podcast. He seeks to eradicate prosperity. And we can see the interplay of both of these desires, not through the actions, but through the outcome of these actions. Think about those around you. If you scratch the surface, where have the outcome of actions affected them? From addiction to depression to divorce to sexual assault to human trafficking, it's all connected if you take the time to really look. But only the biblical worldview allows us to hold everything up to the spotlight and see what also might be hidden in the shadows. To look at everything mankind has created and say, maybe something bigger is at play than just man's inventiveness. And maybe we need to look deeper than just what's occurring on the moral surface. Let me give you a detailed example. I have a friend of mine who is involved in the local government while she lived in Florida. Florida is known for its gentleman clubs. They're a big business in that state. But she knew this wasn't just wrong in God's eyes. It was harming her community. So instead of picketing the local establishments or holding church rallies or prayer meetings to combat the evil in her community, she did research. Lots and lots of research. She found out that in a fixed circumference around gentlemen's clubs on a national level, there was more crime per capita than areas without these clubs. She discovered that alcoholism and families increased around these clubs. Education also suffered in areas surrounding these clubs. Family issues and divorce were more frequent when these clubs moved into the area. And instead of focusing on actions then, she researched the outcomes. She created an aggressive campaign targeting these key issues to the local constituents in her district. And bottom line, they removed the gentlemen clubs in, her di- in that district. Now, what a victory for God, right? Sin removed, purity was eventually restored. That's one way to look at it. But what if we also look at it as a victory for the safety of the people in the area, the loss of addiction, the increase in education opportunities, the strengthening of the family, because she used the lens of the biblical worldview to help her in the community, help it prosper and thrive as God intended. Now, are church rallies and prayer events critical? Of course. However, they fail to translate sometimes to the effective action in the eyes of the general population. Too often as a church, we basically stop at God said not to without understanding his loving intentions behind the do not itself. 
As a church, we've been thinking far too myopically. Instead of using our worldview, we've attempted to prove it and lord it over others. Rather than exposing and healing humanity from its outcomes, too often we attack humanity for its actions. So the world continues to suffer, and the only worldview capable of exposing the strategies is pushed further and further to the, stri- to the fringes. Christianity, at least in the eyes of the culture, often fails humanity for the sake of proving itself. But the purpose is not just the validation of our worldview. It is the concern, protection, and guardianship of mankind. Because if the world is a crime scene, as Scripture claims, then humanity is the target. The end result is legion, but to trace these pathways back to their strategies requires more than Scripture. It requires us to look at at science and education and media and government and family to provide the healing ointment where the world can only offer weak substitutes. We're going to discuss this in broad detail in later podcasts. The Bible makes it clear, Proverbs 24, 11, rescue those being led away to death. So let's be clear. It is God's image, that's mankind, that must be the central focus of our need for forensic investigation, not just to prove ourselves. And every human being, from the ardent atheist to the drug dealer to the person who believes in what you might consider the most distorted ideology or political view, still bears that image. Scripture makes it clear, and we are going to soon clarify, that our battle is not with flesh and blood. Man, whether he instigates the actions or suffers the effects, is thrust under the consequences of systems, technologies, and ideologies unintentionally hijacked for the stake of his own destruction and demise. You will soon discover that the initial benefit of many of these offerings is merely the catalyst toward their intent. Before we tell other people that our worldview is better, let's show them something better first. And what did Jesus say? Taste and see. He did not say, hear and learn. The world can, at best, see the biggest issues through glass darkly, but it can't connect action to consequence. But we can and we must. And if we're really going to transform this Western world, we must recognize that we've been given more than just a pathway into heaven. We've been given the keys to the kingdom. We just need to recognize exactly what they open. All right, thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope it helps to to really see your glorious worldview and how responsible you are to the world to share it. If you'd like to learn more, you can certainly grab some of my books. Most are free on my author site at davidwlitwin.com. And there you can really get a 360-degree view of who I am, what I do, and what I believe. I hope you'll return again for future podcasts. And please reach out to me via email or Facebook or Twitter. You can find all of that on my website. I hope you really have a transformational day or evening, depending on where you listen to this. And just remember always to live inspired.